HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Blueprint, the original juice cleanse program to offer different levels of intensity depending on your needs and current diet. For more information, visit Blueprint.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to the food scene on heritageradionetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel, here today with Tara Oxley. You are the design director of Be Our Guest. I am. The entire design of Be Our Guest restaurant is underneath your auspice. Correct. That is, that is a big title. It was mm. a big job. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Growing up, what was your room like? Did you have a whole bunch of posters, cutouts? Were, were you design forward? Oh, growing up. Oh, my dad was went to West Point, so I was an Army brat. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, so we kind of moved all the time. Um, and creating those spaces, I think, was you wanted to make home be something that was comfortable as soon as you left for school and came back because you were traveling so much and finding those nooks and crannies. But my mom kind of made that really easy, and I think she was my influence on that immensely. She's an artist, and she was just able to make things so beautiful out of nothing. And she always created a beautiful home and made that really easy. So I think it was kind of an easy transition for me to go into that what world. What kind of mediums did your mother work in? Um, she uses oils and gouache and, I don't know, clay, whatever she could sort of get her hands on. She's one of those people that could always occupy herself with art. And so the day would go by and she'd come home from school or, you know, even come back from college and she's created all these different things and you're just like, it's amazing. She's yeah. amazing. She just has such a talent. Yeah. But... Did you have that same talent bestowed onto you? Well, I sort of think yeah. I did. But, I mean, I can't paint. Yeah. Um, my sister can draw and doodle, and I just chose a different medium. I chose to create with materials as opposed to creating sort of with my hands. You know, and I, I do it more with my mind and my hands and drawing spaces. But it's more of a visual feeling in a space, how it should feel, what it should look like, what you're 
clientele is, those sort of things. Whereas, I don't know, as a kid, if you sort of get that, but you, you try to, and maybe I haven't really yeah. thought about it in such in depth. Well, it, it's funny to think of you moving so much. There must have been some kind of continuity, something that you held on to through each space. What, what were those design aspects? Koala. Koalas. <laughs> is that your power animal? No, power animal was like the owl. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just think I just had the things that were comfortable for me. Because when you're growing up and you're moving to tons of spaces and you're meeting new friends and you're doing all this, you need to have your little zen space. And so it was my bed. It was the things that I used to trace and sort of memorize by um, where they were in the room and having to place them in those certain spots consistently when you when you got into a new space. Yeah. So you're already setting the table well, and resetting the table. You could define yeah. it that way, I suppose. <laughs> so, and let's go into the kitchen. The food that you know you ate that was cooked around you. Did you ever think that it would come together at a point? That design aspect as well as you know the culinary arts. Oh, I you know no, I didn't. You know, I just let life sort of take me to where it takes me. Uh, I grew up in a very Italian family. And my mom is just an amazing cook. She cooks from all her um, grandmother's recipes. And so I've always had food into my life. And I think in living in New York City, you're sort of inundated with beautiful food on a daily basis. And um, that experience is sort of a real adventure when you walk into a space. Um, The space itself defines your experience initially, and then you have something else that touches the different senses. So you have your sight, you have your smell, you have the taste. And the way that affects you is it has always been something that's very interesting walking into the, you know, your house as a kid, you smell dinner and you're like, oh, it's, you know, my mom's managati. And, you know, I mean, you're just getting that feeling. And so you get it when you walk into any space, I think. And bringing those two together just was sort of happenstance, how it worked out and really lucky in that sense. But are you curating all those senses? Are you curating, you know, smell, taste, or do you have to translate all that through a visual sense? I think I would like to think I'm translating that all, um, but of course it's a collaboration. You know, you can't do that all on your own. You have to talk with the chefs that are working on the project and get their feel for things. I mean, some you know, some people when you see them, they emit a color, or you know, I mean, that, that sounds like, a little like, like ethereal, glowing aura. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> take a Polaroid. I'm not going to go see, that yeah. far, but still. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, the chefs we work with at Be Our Guests, they're, you know, I, Ivy's yellow, you know, and you, like, she's just, you know, that's it. And you can work within that to create those boundaries and open up the door for different spaces. It feels like a game of, what, like, Trivial Pursuit or Clue, where you like, Ivy is Colonel Mustard. Yeah. <laughs> she's the yellow one. You have little, you little figurines of Brett's all of them red. at your house. Yeah. red. <laughs> um, Aside from, you know, uh, translating all this, uh, you know, like synesthesia into a space, uh, you went through a formal education that taught you about interior design. What were the steps taken to, you know, make you realize how to create a space, how to interpret somebody else's vision and, you know, solidly put it up? Well, that's sort of the the sad thing that I think you have to realize when you're going to school um, to learn about design, you're doing it all for yourself because you're given projects, and, and then you actually have to go out into the real world and say, "Holy heck, I have so to actually." Heck. I said, "Heck, <laughs> holy hell, let me fix that." Um, you have to really build something for somebody else, you know. So you, you sort of lose that sense of, "I'm just doing this. This is my vision." Because unless you are truly doing it for yourself, you have a client, you have um, somebody else's vision. I mean, for a while, I was doing homes and. I don't have to live there every day. Somebody else has to walk in there. And you may sort of something that's so visceral to you might seem like, oh, 
you know, amazing to them. And, you know, you just sit back and you think to yourself, why are we doing this? But you sort of have to figure out a way to figure out how to make that happen and work within the confines of what you're doing for them and them still be able to be happy. Whereas at Be Our Guest, it's sort of different. Um, I mean, I worked for uh, Gurner Chronic and Valcarcel for years, and then I went to Gensler for uh, several years as well. And it was sort of that same philosophy as you're working for a client, um, you have to follow these guidelines and these parameters of what needed to be done. Um, and that was fun, but getting past that point is the difficult point and being able to express yourself and feeling comfortable with able to do that. Um, and Be Our Guest allowed me to do that. Well, Which you is talk about great. you know designing private homes, and I know you've done them Awful. nationally and abroad. Never do it again. But that, that that's a space for you know somebody else, but like a singular somebody else. It's private. It's personal. It's home. Then, but how do you create a space for everybody? I mean, I know you're trying to cater to a certain clientele, but it really is a space that anyone can enter. It's fantasy land. It's like a. It's like writing a story. You know, I mean, you you write a story and. People come into that story for several experiences. You know, you either come back because, you know, it's your movable feast and you read it 27 times or um, you like a certain food or you like the way it feels. It's creating environments and that is really interesting. And having the ability to affect people on such a large scale is really immense and it's heavy sometimes. You, you know, it's some, I mean, everyone has opinions, right? I don't like that color. It reminds me of my grandmother's kitchen. Or, you know, all oh, that. It's like and naming it's like, a baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I knew, I knew a Doris once. Oh. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you just sort of have to let that all go and trust that what you're doing is good for the brand or, or the concept or um, the food and how it's going to translate and hope that that's going to work and just have enough confidence in yourself to be able to do that. Well, I'm hoping when you designed homes in Turkey, you got to actually experience something outside of that project. It was amazing. Yeah. Talk <laughs> amazing. to me about how, how Turkey or how your travels kind of informed how you design spaces now. Um, I think travel is the most important thing. And I mean, I mean, just also think just keeping your eyes open. I mean, you can see a movie, you can walk down the street in New York, you can be in Paris, you can be in Turkey, you can be anywhere. If your eyes are open to the world and what you see and shapes and sizes and colors and interactions and really allow things to affect you. I traveled in Thailand and there was no carpet. There was no rugs anywhere. And these, I never thought how important rugs were, you know, and they're really not. You know, they're, they're important in their own element, but these children seemed so happy and they were so... And to be able to take that in and then walk home and put my foot on a rug and be like, oh my gosh, this is a luxury in this life. It's not something that you need to have anywhere. You know, and people spend fortunes on rugs, and, but it's not. So I, I just think it's about opening your eyes to each experience and allowing yourself to sort of be filtered in what you like and what affects you. What do you like about our studio? The boar head on the wall? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm a vegetarian, <laughs> yeah. so kind of freaks me out. Well, a he bit, is a vegetarian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you cut off his head yeah. and hung him on your wall. Um, what do I like about this studio? I think it really is home. I think you put like you put the nail on the head when you said it's sort of Brooklyn and upstate New York. It feels homey. You get to watch people in front of you um, enjoying a meal. I mean, Roberta's is a beautiful place. It just has such a home feel to it uh, in general, and this fits right into what's happening to this scene that they're creating here at Roberta's. So, I mean, you talk about these takeaways uh, while you travel, while you enter somebody else's space. What are the little things, those little 
idiosyncratic, you know, like not having rugs that you kind of carried in your work throughout? Oh, there's always going to be birds in... Um, and this was pre-Portlandia, put a bird on it? Yeah, yeah. this is pretty. This is a, a Steve Hansen. I can't believe I'm going to tell this. Um, he, We were working on a project in St. Pete Beach, Florida, and it was a hotel, and it was once a travel lodge, and it was a really challenging, amazing project for me. But I this had, is the postcard in? Yes. Yeah. I had laid out probably 400 images on the ground in our old offices on 594 Broadway. Um, and he zones in on this little picture of two birds cut out of wood, stuck onto a driftwood, and completely freaks out. Why do you have birds coming out of your ass? Like, freaks out. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, calm down. What about everything else that's happening here? And eventually the meeting's over. Everything's great. He likes the direction that everything's going in. I find the bird picture stapled to my door because someone thought it was funny. Um, and then probably about nine months later, I won um, the Kentucky Derby on Mind That Bird. So I just started doing, like, birds, birds. And it was my secret little, like, mm, you, to, you know, <laughs> there's birds and everything. Yeah. Like, so there's just now birds in everything. Um, but I think there's carries throughs and everything. I, I like to sort of create something that feels very homey, but mixing the old and the new, um, because you know, you, I feel like design has its phases that it goes through. And for a while, it was you know very eclectic and sort of the white subway tile and doing all that. But if you don't bring a little bit of the modern into it, I think it doesn't stay current. And you know, that's just my philosophy on it. Everyone has their different philosophies. So. Taking the old and, and morphing in the new to it, I think, is something that's really interesting, and it works for me. Let's talk about this Steve you mentioned. Mm, I love Steve Hansen. So how did you meet Steve, and how did you become a part, an integral part of Be Our Guest? I met, well, actually, I worked at a Be Our Guest restaurant when I was, oh, I guess, 20, 21. Um, I used one? to get um, Atlantic Girl East as a hostess. I used to get plane tickets for my parents every Christmas for anywhere I wanted to go in the world. And my mom was like, I'm not doing that for you anymore. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and that sounds like it's such a spoiled thing, but it was such a wonderful thing to have. I just, it afforded me to see the world. And um, she said no. So I got a second job, and it was a hostess at Atlantic Grill. And Steve walked in, and you'd have little interactions with him, and that was great. But then years go by, and I went, went to, back to school and got my um, interior design degree. And um, my friend Donna Rodriguez, who is the uh, vice president of marketing at Beer Guest, I have known her for probably about 20 years now, um, called me and said, we have a girl that's in the office that kind of would maybe do what you do, but mm, we're looking for someone to hire full time. Could you think you're interested? At this point, I was working at Gensler, and I'm always, I loved it there. It was a great experience. But, you know, you always sort of have to challenge yourself, or at least for me I do. I know shake it up sometimes. So I went and met with Steve. And he asked me to go to these three restaurants and write down everything that I thought could be done and changed for it. So I was sort of like, okay, basically I'm doing my job before I'm doing my job, but okay. So I did it, and I asked him at that point, I said, you can have one of three versions. I said, you can have the truth, you know, my version, the real one, that might not be so pretty or you can have um you know the medium version of like soft where you can just have what you want to hear and he said give me your version so I gave him my version and I walked back in with all these notes and all these things and I said I don't know about hospitality design I know corporate 
architecture, design, completely. I can knock it out of the park. But this is new to me. And he said, let's do it together. And I said, okay, let's take this journey. And so we took the journey together. Excellent. Well, we're going to take a quick break and continue that journey with Be Our Guest. Okay. You've been listening to The Food Scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We'll be right back. original juice cleanse program to offer different levels of intensity depending on your needs and current diet. Designed to purify and detoxify, Blueprint Cleanse is made from the freshest 100% raw and USDA certified organic ingredients, cold pressed to retain nutrients and flavor. Blueprint also offers a line of organic juices, cold pressed and raw, in a variety of fruit and vegetable combinations and available in individual bottles. Blueprint Cleanse is available at Whole Foods Market and many other retailers across the U.S. To learn more about their line of organic cleanses, juices, and other products, visit them today at Blueprint.com or call them at 866-774-6831. That's 866-774-6831. Work hard, play hard. Cleanse, repeat. Welcome back to the Food Scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Terkel, here today with Tara Oxley, the design director of Be Our Guest. And we were just talking about Steve Hansen, your kind of felicitous meeting, uh, that first space that you two worked on together. What was it? How did it come out? It was Dos Caminos 3rd Avenue, uh, 51st and 3rd. And it was with David Rockwell in the Rockwell Group. Um, which I, I find is my one of my most thankful moments is that not knowing anything about hospitality, um, Steve sort of established these re- relationships with Rockwell and Yabel Pusherberg, and I was able to start with the best, you know, and and really get to pick their brain every single day in meetings, and you know, and to a point where. I didn't. I wasn't really doing anything. I have to be honest. Like, <laughs> at the beginning, I was just like in awe. You know, and David Rockwell sitting right in front of me. You and know, he, he's and an architect. And he's an architect. Has a huge firm. They do wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things. And Yabu's um, a designer. 
Yabo's an architecture and design firm yeah. based out of Toronto, but they have an office here in New York, and I think they have several offices. Yeah. And they sort of all took me under their wing and just made life really, I don't want to say easy, but settled my feet, like showed me the path. And I mean, I'll get an award or something, and David will send me a little handwritten note, like, good girl. You know, I mean, it's just, it's nice to have those have had those influences and continue to have those influences because they do great things all the time. So watching them grow and, and build their empires bigger is great too, you know. So working at, at the dose was great because I got to do that and see and sort of like pretend that I was Ooh, doing something. Can I call it the dose now? <laughs> no. I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, sure. We're going to get hurt for that. Yeah, I say the dose <laughs> or just dose. And it's dose three, dose Soho, dose Park, dose Meat. If yeah. you really want to know how the internal yeah, goes. Yeah, I, I like the lingo. I like the end. <laughs> We get in trouble for that, though. <laughs> but sorry. So, going from corporate design, what were the things that you picked up that hospitality had to have? It's it's building for two areas. It's really building for for the guest experience, which would be sort of the employee experience if you're going to do a one for one, and then it's building for the operations, um, making you know. There's some buildings in architecture or at Gensler that you'd build for. Um, sort of the form outweighed the function here it's it has to be a complete marry of the two because the space has to work functionally and those those things have to be completely seamless behind the scenes because it's a guess you don't want to you don't want to see those you don't want to see or and if you do you want it to be look as if it's you know an experience and it's fun and it's clean and, and that's hard in a restaurant space so you you need to be able to make sure that your operations team is completely taken care of their needs are met and still the guests can enjoy an experience and marrying those two is, was a challenge and really fun. And that's, I think, the distinction between sort of corporate architecture and the hospitality um, world that you we know, live in now. I think the word utilitarian gets a bad rap sometimes. You know, and, and there are so many great utilitarian designs. I mean, especially if you look at serviceware. You know, forks, knives, spoons, yep. plates. But again, they have to be functional first. Are there they designers do. or things that influence you um, in, in that kind of aspect as utilitarian design? Hmm. That one's a, that's one's that like, it might take me a minute to think of, yeah. but, um, whew. because it's not all just like, you know, walking into a restaurant and saying, that's lovely. Like you said, there are these kind of eccentric and esoteric things that happen throughout your life, throughout the world, but there have to be designers that aren't in the architecture or aren't in food that kind of, Oh my, you well, draw from. I mean, that's every day. Yeah. I mean, that's th- that's just walking around. I yeah. mean, that's seeing the guy on the street in Soho, Soho, who has the draws these little figures, and it's the stairs that lead nowhere, and it literally is this set of stairs that lead yeah. nowhere. And so, what do you take? What do you take from that? Sort of creating those spaces within a space that you know you, those blind alleys or those blind corners, or you know, I mean, it's taking every. I, I think I do it with everything. I don't think there's one person or one architecture or one designer or artist i mean i think it's all the beauty and what you see in things as opposed to actually one person or one element that does that so let's go restaurant to restaurant and i'm not gonna co- yeah i am sure. the, the dose, dose. <laughs> <laughs> when you walk into the dose what do you see or what do you hope a guest sees well, I think, in, I mean, initially, all uh, Dos Caminos 3rd Avenue was David Rockwell. Dos Caminos Park and Soho were Yabo Pusherberg. Um, and then Dos Meat is me and Atlantic Grill is, I mean, uh, Atlantic City is me. And so it's like 
the dose in itself, I think the brand was created, each one is different. And I think that that's an important element within that to, to make sure that you, you know you're getting the same food, the same service, the same greeting, those things that make you feel comfortable with going into the restaurant that you're familiar with. But the space itself um, sort of surprises you because it's not the same as the one that you sit, you visit on Park Avenue if you live on Park. and you, you know. So um, I think that's the beauty of a Dos Caminos. You're getting the consistency of the, the good food, the good environment, the wonderful staff, but each space is sort of a, a surprise in, in what it is. So what are your little differences? I try to take it really authentic Mexican. Um, I like things, to, like I said, to be a combination of the old and the new, so really using barn woods and, and bringing it back to something that sort of feels a little bit more rustic and a little bit more dirty as opposed to um, the Park Avenue one has these huge tree trunks and it's a little bit more slick in design and um, it's beautiful, but you know, I tried to make mine just to be a little bit more authentic and feel a little bit more like home when you go in and eat the modern Mexican cuisine. Prime House. Oh, Prime House was Yabo Pusherberg. And that was my first time working with them. Um, they like to have their way and, and do it. And the idea there was um, to create a, a steak restaurant that appealed to both men and women. Um, so a little bit lighter, a little bit more feminine in its accents. Um, that was fun. That was a really hard project, though. It was a, not very, a restaurant that wasn't very taken care of yeah. very well. It's at the corner of, what, um, 27th? And 27th. But that's no longer a Be Our Guest restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. So that's sad because you put your heart and soul in things and then they leave you. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but it was a, it's a beautiful space. And I'm happy that the existing restaurant now that's there, I think it's Serafina or Sarabath's, one of those. Um, I always get them confused. Um kept the integrity of what was happening within the space because it really was it, it was a beautiful beautiful space wildwood barbecue wow it was fun Wildwood was fun for several reasons um that was a david rockwell project um but it was the first time i told david no so that was <laughs> fun i was like no that's not what we're going for here buddy um so that was kind of empowering Sorry, what, what was he trying to go for and um da- david does big he does big things and he wanted to do goby light fixtures with a w on the floor and, and i just was like whoa it's a big space it's a big space and that idea was the urban barbecue um uh, doing it and they did a beautiful 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 job there um a really great job but that's when i started for that project is when i started to steve started to sort of say okay you know this girl got what she's got and he sort of let me start to have my say in things so even though that that sort of felt more of a collaboration than it did beyond that do you have a timeline of working with steve and that's that's where you put your foot down like oh steve and i have a wonderful relationship we speak our mind to each other sometimes loudly most (laughs) times really loudly so um i put my fight down a lot and so does he he wins he's the boss you know fiamma yeah oh fiamma um I didn't really do much there. That was, you know, um, who did that project originally? He did Kibo, too. Anyway, it'll come to me. Um, they did a great job there. I mean, I, I did very little there. That was a, That's a machine. You know, it just it did its thing, and it was timeless. Um, yeah, it was pretty. It was yeah. pretty. I have some of those art pieces that we took down off the walls of my house. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. <laughs> well, you just told everybody. No, I know. <laughs> everybody, I mean, my mother and uh, Jeffrey Beers. Jeffrey Beers. Yeah, he did Kibo too, and so he creates a great palette. Kibo was fun yeah. because I just had to do simple gestures, and it 
I didn't have to mess with the bones because the bones were perfect. I mean, Jeffrey does a great job. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was asking you before about walking into a space. It's like a cook or a chef that works at a restaurant going and seeing how their food is executed, how it tastes. And, you know, what happens when you walk into one of your spaces? What are you critical of? What have you are, you know, complimentary of? Well, I think my spaces, I'm, I'm always very critical um, when I walk into a Bill's Barn Burger um, you, you see the flaws, you see the cracks. I mean, that's the, that's the sort of nature of the beast, uh, in, in anything. And I think this, the more imperfect you can sort of allow the design to be, if that makes any sense, um, the less those cracks show because it feels, I keep on going back to it for some reason today of, of someplace feeling like home. So you don't you don't sort of critique your home as much. It's just your home. It's comfy. It's how it should be. Really? You know? I'm always and like, I got too much shit in my house. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, I do the purge. Yeah, <laughs> there's a stoop sale going on. I saw the yeah. little thing outside. Um, but I think you if you if you try to build in those imperfections within a space, then they become sort of a part of the space. And at Bill's Barn Burger, I think those are a part of the space. You know, if the floor is if the floor is concrete and it looks a little dirty. It's supposed to be a little dirty, yeah. you know. And and I think that makes this that that space. I think Bill's is a really wonderful project for us. So it's not like small little singular pieces of flair or anything like that. It's about the space as a whole or a whole. larger elements that have that quirkiness to them. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, here I walked in and I saw the marionette with the arm hung completely differently, a little bit further away, and you kind of have an emotion about that, and that's really fun in this yeah. space. You know, you walk into. Keith McNally's spaces and he's got, you know, playing cards on the ceiling and you have to develop those things over time. And, you know, as you have people questioning, it's never something that's really talked about. It's just something that picks up and becomes something a little viral. Yeah, that see, way. I've never even noticed the marionette. I've been doing three years of shows here because I just have to look up. I was a little scared, yeah. but it's fun. You're like, oh, my God, her arms over there. It's, I think it's a woman. I don't know. So what are your favorite restaurants in New York or Brooklyn? Um, yeah, well, um, to- <laughs> To, to walk into and just experience, to see, to kind of soak in. Oh, I mean, I, I love the MoMA, the, the MoMA uh, restaurant, just because you get to experience r- real fine art inside and out, as well as um, just going to Midtown every now and again is kind of fun, because <laughs> I don't really go up that far as often as possible, but... Um, I like, I, I'm really, I really like what's happening in Brooklyn in, in terms of the, the restaurant scene. I just think it's real authentic. I think people are not going big is better. You know, it's starting out little and it's, it's growing what they have. It's being more organic. And I find those experiences really, really amazing. Uh, Saragina is a restaurant. I live in bed So, um, and they're doing that as well. It sort of seems very similar to what's happening here at Roberta's and the fact that they had one little restaurant they bought the building behind them they got that then they got the little garden next door and now they're opening a bread shop and it's it's something that's just sort of be, seems really authentic and I think that the people see that as well and I think it's interesting we were talking about materials and they're you know two words and one compound phrase uh, reclaim recycle and environmental friendly which are really a big part of your lexicon um, you've had a few, if not many, restaurants certified green. Can you tell me about what that process is, what materials you use, and how important that is in, in the greater vision of building in the future? Um, I think it's important in, in building for the future. I mean, we live in this world, and we have to sustain it. And um, 
I mean, I wear furs, but I buy them off eBay for 35 bucks, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's sort of really, Recycle, yeah. reclaim furs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds, but it's, it's about reusing what we can to make and, and finding those materials is sometimes difficult and sometimes they're a little bit more expensive than we'd like. And I think eventually that scale will sort of balance itself out eventually. I mean, sometimes you just can't, you can't use something. I mean, I have to use stainless steel and the kitchens just because it, it has to happen. I mean, they're until someone comes up with another material that's cleanable yeah. and antiseptic and, um, so that's DOB, that's regulation more than correct. Yeah. But uh, sometimes it has to be out in the open. Mm-hmm. Um, and there has to be better materials because you can't use copper. So and copper is beautiful and a patina is lovely. And I mean, there's so many, but you can't use it. So, um, I think it's important to, to, for people to start to pay attention. I realize that there are limitations behind it. Um, but for me, it is very important to sort of try the best I can to use as many materials as I can within a space that have been reclaimed. So I like stainless steel. That That is, it, it's both functional but a bane. Um, are there other materials that you build with that are in restaurants that you hope people find new materials for so you can be more creative artistic? Or it? maybe it's just the DOB, just relax a little. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean... I'd like to use sort of more open poor woods in certain areas, and I can't. And you know, uh, I just like to be really authentic to a material. And you have a wood bar that's completely sealed; it just doesn't look the way you're supposed to look at it. So it's also challenging myself and how to get those materials past what's happening, and um, still looking the way they need to look and still be functional at the same time. Yeah. Have you developed processes uh, to to make something look the way? You. Yeah. <laughs> This will be my last episode of the food scene. <laughs> um, no, but I am working with, um, we work with a, a mill worker, and um, we're coming up with those ideas now and how to, how to do that. And he's amazing. Um, he works for Works, and he comes up with different ways to patina things, so they still maintain their integrity. But um, So he actually will have to kill me because <laughs> he doesn't tell me. He's yeah. just like, I'm like, this is what I want, this is how I want it to be, and he'll play, and, and we'll work it over a few times, and then... You know, he, it, we get to a point where I'm like, yes. And I'm like, it's still integral. And he's like, yes. And I'm like, okay, good. Well, let's go back to forging for materials, too. And you said that sometimes that's kind of hard. Where do you look? Where I mean, we're in a stevedore shipping container right now. And I know to go towards the water, go to, like, the Navy yards and ask around there. But what are some of the harder things to find? And where do you actually source them? Oh, the Internet is heavenly. Um, but I, you know, on travels. I mean, I'll be in North Carolina, or I was in Texas, and there's this great guy who makes these hand-woven materials that look like um, sort of like a sisal rug, but you can sit on it. It doesn't hurt your ass. You know, you're like, <laughs> this is great. So how do you incorporate them in potentially to a cafe seed, seed, uh, seating outside, and it's sustainable. It, it's, you know, helping out this gentleman who has a small business. And um, so, I mean, I think that's how I find them. You find them in the nooks. You keep your eyes open. You know, that's that's the important thing. And I found a recycled, uh, his name is Barnwood Naturals, Bruce from Barnwood Naturals, and I met him on a when I was in North Carolina, and I'm like, oh my God, look at that store. It's got so much wood. It's a, like a, he had a huge yard, and I just went in and chatted with him, and he's great, you know, and he's like, okay, so now I ship all my Barnwood up from him. He's thankful, and we have a great relationship, and it's all about building those relationships oh, yeah. with two people, too. So Yeah, you know, and... and forging that, you know, uh, larger fun. economic system, um, but... Local artists, do you, do you find you know people in Brooklyn, people in Greater New York that? Yes, hugely. Um, I mean, Bills, for example, uh, we're working on a project now downtown at the Marriott, uh, eighty-five Water Street. Should be open soon. I don't know. I don't want to say a date because you never <laughs> know. 
few weeks. Um, and the whole concept behind Bills is just to create this simple, beautiful, old-school palette where you have artists that come in. And so every single one of them is from Brooklyn, except for two that live in Manhattan. Um, and they're young, emerging artists. I mean, some are a little bit more known than others, but uh, with that, I'm able to allow them. I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in people kicking the shit out of it, you know, I, and giving these kids a start if that's even that sort of feels like I'm God and I'm giving you a start <laughs> that came out wrong but yeah, just give I them mean, a canvas give right them, give them know. an opportunity to actually do what they do for a living and make some money off of it and have pride in something that might propel them to something else or might get them another job someplace else or it makes me feel like feel amazing and I've been able to do that and have tried to do that within the beer guest restaurants exceptionally in the bills concept and yeah this is my greatest design question. Okay. I'll be the judge of that. Bars? <laughs> yeah. Should they have hooks? Absolutely. Your... 100%. Okay, good. So we're going to air this show because if you said no, out of here. 100%. <laughs> and I even think tables should have them because you can nook them underneath a table. I mean, for a woman, you put your bag on the back of a chair, your purse in the back of a chair on the floor. I mean, sometimes you got a bag that you don't want sitting on the floor. So you like putting it underneath the table, I think, is pretty important as well. We haven't done that at Be Our Guest, but maybe I should start. Hooks on Table started here. Yes, it did. <laughs> well, thank you so much because, you know, so often we talk about food and what's on the plate and looking down at the table and, you know, to really experience the restaurant as a whole and know that there is a team, is so much thought and effort put behind it. And, you know, it's it's not just a space that kind of looks okay or has some interesting ideas it's it's fully formed just as the food is and, that's you know, the intention yeah and <laughs> and next time someone's tearing into a juicy burger at bill's they'll see those concrete floors and hopefully someday table hooks yeah and all the artists <laughs> yeah. and everything yeah tara well, thank, thank you. you so much thank you for having me it was a pleasure you've been listening to the food scene on heritage radio network.org hope to have you back here next tuesday at three cheers Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.